Hello everyone, my name is Glenn Gao. I am the marketing partner at Clear Ventures, a venture capital firm that is purpose-built to help startup teams win in business technology and services. Welcome to Clear Disruptors, a VC talks with tech leaders, where I talk to innovative thinkers, entrepreneurs, and inventors that will shape our future. From the sharpest minds on the cutting edge of technology, you will learn about the disruptions that will transform the way the business world works. And now, on to our show. Today, I am very pleased to welcome David Sue, the CEO of Atmosic Technologies. The really interesting thing about Atmosic's vision is if you can imagine a world where billions of devices that today require batteries won't need batteries in the future. Atmosix is a semiconductor company that's designing ultra-low power wireless solutions to reduce and disrupt this dependency on batteries, aiming to deliver what they call forever battery life. As I mentioned, the CEO, David, who is here today with us, brings 30 years of experience to Atmosic with previous roles at Atheros, Qualcomm, and HP. Over the years, successfully delivered billions of wireless radios to the market. David holds a PhD in electrical engineering from Stanford. David, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Glenn. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about the formation of Atmosic. Okay, sure. Uh, so the founding team, all of us used to work together at a company called Atheros, working on Wi-Fi. And uh, we were there for many years and uh, we were acquired by Qualcomm. And uh, over the next four, five, four plus years, uh, we slowly drifted away. And, uh, and so I left and uh, I was for a while taking some time off. And when Masood left about, I guess, half a year or so later. This uh, is one of saying, your co-founders, Masood? Yes, right. Yeah, he was saying, oh, let's do something together. So so then we got together. We, we approached uh, people we know that over, all of them has, uh, over the years, uh, moved on as well. So we approached Manolas, David Nakahira. And uh, we also reached out to people we know well, like Teresa Meng, who was the founder of Atheros. Bruce Woolley, uh, John Hennessy, Craig Barrett. So we're just brainstorming ideas on what can we do that, first of all, we think is meaningful, uh, things that we actually feel strongly about. And also equally important is that things that we have the ability to deliver. So, so that leads to us to back to wireless. And uh, one thing that we know a lot about, I think, so, and, so it, so- it sounds yeah. like you had uh, amazing connections from the past, and you had the opportunity to step back and ask, what could we do that's meaningful? Yes. That's, not, uh, that's great. That's not, not a lot of people we have been very uh, fortunate. Yes, we've been, very, we've been very fortunate to have, to have, first of all, Atheros did well, enough that we have some time to step back, and also open the door for us to have connection with people who are uh, Definitely experts in areas and well connected in uh, uh, most of all, very, very smart people that can sort of uh, look you in the eye and tell you that, oh, that is wrong. <laughs> so that is really helpful. 
So tell me a little bit about this idea of a batteryless world. How does that how does that even work? Okay. Uh, the so first of all, I will step one, take one step back. In some ways, I thought that batteries and wireless are somewhat connected. As you know, we now use a lot of batteries. I, I don't know about you. Uh, I know my household use a lot of batteries. And uh, in the U.S., I think the last uh, estimate I read is three to four billion batteries a year were thrown away. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, three so, to four so billion many ways, batteries. Three to, three to four billion batteries a year. And the way I look at it is that because you have wireless, you now it's very difficult to say, don't worry, no need for data cable, but 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 plug in that power cord. So you can see that it's natural to go mobile with a battery when you are wireless. And uh, in some ways, I felt like our past work on wireless is incomplete when you are just cutting only the data part of it, the power part of it is still left open. So so now the question now is, what can we do? How can we be uh, battery free? So I'll give you sort of, can I take you through like three steps along the way? Wonderful, yes, please do. Okay, imagine I said, I want a light bulb that doesn't ever need power to it. No power cord to a light bulb. A light bulb with no power, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, so, so bear with me. So, so first thing you need to do in my mind is you need to lower the power consumption of the light bulb. So there is this thing called the LED light bulb that happens right. to be five to 10 times lower power than your traditional light bulb. So please use them. That lowers your power consumption. Yes. And if you, you're in a room, if no one's in the room, please don't leave it on. So you can add a motion sensor. You can turn it on and off as you only when you need to turn it on. Now you don't need much power anymore. Imagine all those uh, light bulbs you have outdoors. Put a solar panel on it. Now you can harvest energy from the light during the day and the nighttime right. you can turn it on. Only right. when someone's around. So an efficient light bulbs that turns on when you need them. And so that can get you to a battery-free light bulb. So, so let me let me let me just let me just make sure I understand that. First, I use something that requires less power, like the LED yes. light bulb. Then right. I turn it off when it isn't needed. Yes. And then finally harvest energy, in this case from solar panels. So I don't I don't need to use the electrical grid. Correct. So, so if you take it over to IoT, IoT devices needs computation, communication, and sensing. Those are three of the main building blocks. So what we did is, first of all, lower the power consumption of those three functions. Can we make it five to 10 times lower? Uh, uh -huh. The good news is over the last two and a half years, I think we have got that. And second piece is turn it off and turn it on only when you need to. So we added in a second RF wake-up receiver to accomplish that function. And the last piece of the puzzle is now we, we are putting hooks for various energy harvesting options. We have an RF to DC converter on chip. We can also pair And, and what, what does that mean, David? What's an RF to DC converter? Which means that you can take the incoming RF energy, convert you mean it to like from, DC from power. wireless? For wireless, or, yes. Oh, yeah. so if I have wireless in my house, that's enough to convert? Only if it's high enough. So so I can cover that more uh, in a minute. Okay. Can we hold that thought for a minute? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so, uh, so RF, we can harvest RF energy on our chip. We can also hook up solar panel or better yet, little tiny photovoltaic cell, much like what you see on calculators these days. 
Uh-huh. So a little small panel can now run the device. We can also harvest motion and uh, as well as heat. So with that, now you can have various options to have a essentially battery-free connected devices. Okay, so, so let me see. So, that's yeah. that's um I can use some kind of wireless to power my chip. I can use some motion to power the chip. I can use some light to power the chip. I can use heat. This this is how energy harvesting works. Did I did, did I get that right? Yes, yeah. There, there are other sources as well, but but these are the four or more common ones that we're looking at today. Okay. And and early on you were asking about how much energy we need. Right. Yeah, so uh, RF harvesting has been talked about for a while. First of all, distinguish between near field and far field. So if you look at a RF charging pad, the inductive near field charging, so that's one category. Uh, that one's good. We do not have anything on chip to support that, but we can do it with external components. What we do support is what we consider far field that allows you to put a source of a device, say, imagine I put one on my laptop and on the same tabletop, I can harvest the energy coming out from the USB port of my device if I connect my source there. I okay. can now have a keyboard that will work without a battery. A keyboard without a battery, wow. Yeah, so, so, so we actually have a YouTube video, so if you go search for it. <laughs> Excellent, Excellent. And that's working now? That, that one's working now, yes. Wow. Wow. Okay, good. So no wires, no batteries. I like that future. Yes. And, and, and uh, so I, th- I think this is just the beginning. In, in many ways, uh, technology, you know, has a way of surprising us, so at least surprises me. I, I remember 20 years ago when, when we were looking at Wi-Fi, uh, the very first prototype we built at Atheros, uh, has a range of, I would say, about less than 10 inches. Oh my gosh, 10 inches yeah. for Wi-Fi. Uh, we were trying to stream video, and the video was not so good. It's choppy. But uh, fast forward 10, 15 years now, at least in my house, I don't use Ethernet cable anymore. And uh, we now have, uh, yeah, over a gigabit Wi-Fi running through the house. So technology is a way of sort of what was at the beginning looks magical becomes mundane right so so speaking of that tell me a little bit about how besides you gave me the example of a a wireless keyboard tell me tell me about some other applications for this okay yeah so so keyboard i will put that keyboard as in the category what i call more traditional uh computing devices keyboard mouse and even remote control these are uh, devices that are more traditional so so we can serve those functions that these are uh, important things uh, and but more interesting thing in my mind is there are newer applications that such as smart home devices and industrial enterprise type application so smart home i i recently upgraded my uh, uh my, my data rate into my house along with it came a complete package of uh, smart home alarm system, door sensors, window sensors, motion sensors, all wonderful things to have. They all run on batteries. Uh So I I ask, so how long would that battery last? The guy says, oh, two years. I says, what happened after two years? He said, don't worry. Uh, You are only obligated to uh, have this service for two years. Your contract will be up in two years. We can talk later. So so I can imagine 
I can imagine what happens two years from now. I don't know about your house. When battery dies, I get that phone call because I'm free labor to my, to <laughs> my family. So, but, That's right. but, but, but seriously, imagine that those smart home devices, the conversation should be, oh, don't worry, there's no battery in it. It will work just fine. So I think that right. would have gone much better for me. So that's smart home. And the industrial one that is actually getting a lot of traction now, this include, uh, because include tracking devices, uh, hospitals, one hospital we talked to, the analogy the person gave us is that changing battery is like painting a Golden Gate Bridge because we have so large an install base that we need to hire people to change batteries on a regular basis. You start from one side of the building, you go to the other side and you get ready to come back. Oh, uh, wow. So, so uh, large install base has that problem. So and that's got to cost a lot of money. You have you almost have a full-time person focused on changing batteries at a and, large hospital. And, uh, unlike my home, that person, unlike me, will want to be paid. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a battery cost necessarily. Is that the labor cost of that individual? And besides, I would argue, you know, that that person's work, there's probably more important work for that person to do as well. But well, yes, that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And and then you also have the uh, potential downtime of various things if the battery doesn't get changed in a timely fashion. Agreed. Yes. Device fails. Right. And and one of the survey I read was that as you say in similar hospital setting, uh, the support call from nurses and others they say about half of the call was traced back to some battery related issues. Oh so, my god. So so there is that there is additional cost associated with it especially in a large deployment base. So we thought that would be a very interesting case whereby we can help solve a problem, not to mention the environment to impact of all those batteries. That's fantastic. I've also heard some statistics that in, I'm going to say, one to two years, you're going to have, let's just say, many billions of IoT devices. Yes, um, correct. And, and so if you if you extend that to painting the Golden Gate Bridge, you can't have enough people changing the batteries on those IoT devices. There aren't enough people to do that. My, my, my worry is that if you like all these conveniences of all these uh, installed infrastructure, IoT things, if you need that battery change, someone is going to be very upset at some point in time, uh, independent of... Uh, where we're going to put these batteries when they are done. So, so I think it's a problem that deserves attention. So, and it's something that we as a team uh, is very passionate about. And uh, we are very fortunate to have people who feel strongly that this is a good mission for us. Well, I'm glad you are. And, and you mentioned something earlier, David, that some of this technology has been around for a while. So what, what makes this time the right time to introduce this technology to the world? Okay. Uh, yes, energy harvesting has been around for a long time. And the way I look at it is when a technology works well, it sort of becomes invisible. For example, I wear a watch that uses light. Uh, it's a little bit bigger than, than a typical watch, but not that bad. I know you can get similar things with heat as well. And uh, mechanical watches that, that are uh, battery-free has been around forever as well. So those things just happen because they're good enough. And calculators, I think, over the last 10 years now, uh, at least the lower function ones are now all based on light as well. So the technology has been around for a long time. The question then is, why now that can we move to IoT? A lot right. depends on 
the amount of energy you can harvest can improve, but that is not going to change by orders of magnitude anytime soon. Uh, the human brain, I read somewhere that we need about 20 watts of energy. And to run a human brain, we know we need to eat to, to do that. If you want to harvest a watt of energy, that is substantially inconvenient. Mm. If you want a milliwatt of energy today, it's not that hard. Imagine you say, I want 10 microwatt of energy, or better yet, two microwatt of energy. That's actually quite doable. So the key becomes is, how do you bring the need for the power consumption down to, in my mind, below that milliwatt level? Oh, okay. And Back to your LED light bulb example. Yeah, yes, exactly. And that is coming true. So I think we are the first to do Bluetooth to bring it down to that level. More will come. And the function that you can do with a one milliwatt will grow. So uh, we actually did this uh, survey probably about a couple of years ago now, plotting what is available for Bluetooth function. Same is true for other communication links as well. Over time, what you see is that the power consumption has been dropping readily over the last two, 20 years or so. So if you plot a straight line, we were predicting that it will cross the boundary in about three, four years. And our goal is, can we move it to be two years? So that's where we are. So okay. Cross that and magic. What, what, what is that exact boundary that you're looking to cross? We want to get the power consumption to a single digit milliwatt range for oh, active. Okay. And then in a use case environment, it can now drop even further down to single digit microwatt level, depending on your duty cycle. Got it. Got so it. once you get there, now, uh, you, since you don't need much energy, a fraction of it, I, I like to refer to it as you blow on something, you generate enough energy, can you just run something for a while? So like a light switch, when you flip the light switch, you are generating energy, mechanical energy to the light switch. Is that enough to power our device? So that was a question, and we have proven that is enough. Got it. So... Today, we're able to have a, a batteryless keyboard, but your point is that in the next couple of years, the number of applications for this is just going to explode because we're able to figure out how to uh, need less energy in, yes. in all our devices. Yes, and you will do more and more functions with it. Uh, well, one of the comments we have with John Hennessy at the early days is that the need for this edge computing, the, the client device nodes around us is going to only grow over time. If you can make them convenient, they can be everywhere. Right. It can really be helpful. So, yes. Well, it sounds like billions of these chips in the future. Uh, that is the ambition, and we are now working towards that goal. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. So tell me, David, as we, um, we should wrap up in a few minutes here. Um, so this is, what, your second startup? This is Oh, my second startup, yes. The last uh, one, 15, uh, 16 years, yes. <laughs> Later, okay. Yes. All right. So tell me, tell me for uh, those of us in our audience, uh, what's the most exciting part doing and, and running a, a startup company? I, I think the most important thing in a startup in my mind is, is the team, the joy of, of working with a team that is uh, – passionate about what you're doing, that's dedicated to the mission of the organization. And it's always exciting to learn new things from this smart, 
people who are actually moving so much faster than my old brain is doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> and 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 uh, and and then the 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 uh, the the nicest part is when you work together as a team. The collaboration part is very to me one thing that is most valuable. Uh, can can I distract you with a sort of a story about uh, what I call uh, empty coke can? Oh, let's hear it. The empty coke can story. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a true story. Many years ago, when I was much younger, we were visiting a large company in the Valley. We were, I was actually standing with another co-worker at the employee entrance to meet somebody. The employee entrance happens to be between the workplace and the cafeteria. And it happens to be about lunchtime. So lots of employees of the companies going back and forth from their entrance to the cafeteria and back and forth. Sure. And there happens to be a empty coke can right smack in the middle of that walkway oh like on the floor on the floor yes and people walk by in groups alone back and forth a few kick against it so the coke can rolls back and forth not a single person bend down and picked it up ah you're because watching it's not this. their job because it was ah. not their, it's not their job and in a startup uh, if you try to put the cocaine down, I bet you the first person walking by is going to pick it up. Uh, because, and, and, and to me, this, this virtual cocaine thing, it's not like cocaine on the floor. When, when we are working on a project together, I forgot, oh, you need to have a particular corner case of uh, simulation. Did you run a simulation? Let me check. Let me make sure that this will work. The empty cocaine is everywhere in our daily lives, right? Yeah. So in a startup, the joy of it is that I did something. I, I was trying to be careful, but I forgot a few things. And someone came back, oh, by the way, I found this and I fixed it. Oh, thank you for picking up the empty coaching. That's a great story. I mean, and, and that's, that's a big part of, uh, I imagine, your job, David, is to set the culture of the company. And I guess through that story, you help point out to everybody that we're a team, we collaborate, and this is how we collaborate. Everybody everybody has the job of helping the company. Yes, we all win together, we will lose together as you look at it. And the joy of working together becomes much apparent when people are working towards the same goal and helping each other out. Yeah. That's a fantastic story. I, that is one I will remember for a long time and I'll, I'll be telling other people as well. <laughs> Thank David, you. David, anything else you want to uh, share with us before we wrap up? Uh, no, just thanks for the opportunity to, to, to speak to you. And I look forward to uh, catching up more with you in the future. David, thank you so much. Take care. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. If you'd like to learn more about Clear Ventures, visit us at clear.ventures. We look forward to hearing from you.